When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boom, we're on. <laughs> and today's guest, we've got Carol Frampton. How are How you, you brother? Doing, mate? Nearly wrecked up microphone. <laughs> Punching again? Yeah, yeah. How's things? All right, just... I'm in Manchester, in the middle of a training camp, just getting ready for the next fight, really. That's it. All's good, though. Two-weight world champion. Just announced a fight there to be Ireland's first-time possible ever three-weight world champion. How mm. does that make you feel? <sighs> it's huge, isn't it? It's a massive That's opportunity mega. for me. There's not... Um, there's no one on the island of Ireland that's ever done it, become a three-bit world champion. So me, Steve Collins, and Katie Taylor are the three fighters that have done that so far, won titles in two divisions. But to stand alone as the only three-weight would be huge. And there's only been three Brits in front of me that has done it. Um, one of them, your countryman, Ricky Burns, and the admin named that list as well. It's, it's, it's humongous. And probably... you're. You're close to the Hall of Fame, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With with doing that. So that's the plan. That's next level stuff. I know. I, I never imagined it. Like I've I've kind of I just never imagined that I could do as much. So I've kind of I've overachieved in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a world champion, that was it. But I've done it in two divisions and I unified and, and everything else that's went with it. So Fair play. Yeah. Especially coming from Northern Ireland as well. I always go back to the start with my guests, where you grew up and how it all began. Yeah, I grew up in a place called Tigers Bay, um, which is very, very close to the city centre in Belfast. Um, a full-on loyalist uh, neighbourhood. I lived in a, in a street called Upper Canning Street, which was... So, Tigers Bay is here. The next, the next housing estate is the New Lodge, which is full-on Republican. And I lived in Upper Canning Street, which was the closest street in Tigers Bay to the New Lodge. So I lived on an interface. Like I, I used to just see all the mad shit going mm-hmm. on when I was a kid. Um, but I got started in boxing when I was seven. The local club was a two-minute walk from the front door. So I wasn't from a big boxing family or anything like mm-hmm. that. I was just curious. I wanted to try it out and, and see what it was like. And literally, you, know, you hear the story. Like People fall in love with things. And, and I fell in love with boxing like pretty early on. Yeah, was it tough? Was it in the troubles back then in the 80s? Oh, yeah. So I grew up, I'm, I'm 30, I'm coming 34. So I, the, the Good Friday Agreement was 1998. So I, I, um, I was 98, 87. I was 11 when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. So there was, I, I seen, I was at the back end of the troubles I grew up, but I seen a, a bit of it and I've seen things that I shouldn't have seen and, and even after the troubles it didn't stop the ratting and, and the fighting in the streets that still continued for a few years still still happens actually to this day but um, not as bad as it once was but yeah it was it was, it was rough enough living there in, in Tigers Bay at that, at that time I seen I was uh, there was a rat at the bottom of my street um, where a kid Glenn Branagh blew, blew himself up um, with a pipe bomb, trying to throw a pipe bomb, short fuse, blew the back of his head off. I didn't see that happening. I saw, I did see, I remember, what I remember about that is seeing a crowd of people around him and seeing his feet sticking out the bottom of this crowd. Um, and my brother seen it happening. My brother was down, like, at the rat, probably ratting. I remember seeing my brother's face and he was just standing still, white, like, couldn't believe what he saw. Um... My dad had to pull a guy out of a riot before a former kind of commander, UDA commander in that area, um, got shot in the head with a rubber bullet, a plastic bullet of the cops. I don't know if you've ever seen these plastic bullets. It sounds like a wee dopey thing, but they're, they look like fucking yeah. candles. They're big, thick things. And they're not allowed to shoot. Apparently, they're not meant to shoot you waist above the waist, mm-hmm. but hit him in the head. My dad had to like kind of pull him to safety and um, knows we were a first aid and waited until the ambulance came and 
He's seen a shit like that. Yeah. That Do you think then going to the boxing for a younger age kind of kept you away from the troubles? Oh, I know it did. Absolutely. And um, it was like, it was, it was fucking exciting. Like it was really exciting when you're a kid and you grow up in that environment. You see, you just see these rats and it, there was always more ratting in the marching season. So the summer months. So as a kid, you just, you're drawn to that. Like a fucking a fly to shite or whatever we want to describe you're just drawn to that and you want to you want to be involved and see it and it's just exciting so i was because of boxing my old trainer billy mckee who's i respect him more than any other man in the world um i was always worried he would he would have went fucking nuts if he knew i was being involved in rats or doing things that i shouldn't have been doing and i was always worried about how he would react if he found out I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. So because of that, that's why I, I just didn't, I didn't really get involved. So you were scared to upset your coach? Scared, scared to upset him because I respected him so much, even more so than my parents. Like my mum and dad wouldn't, wouldn't have liked me to get involved and, and they would have wanted me to stay away from all that stuff. Um, but I was, I was just more frightened of him finding out. I, yeah. I just have have a, the utmost respect for the man. How was your schooling? I was all right. I, I wasn't daft. I think I could have done better in school if I, if I actually applied myself <laughs> and, and put my mind to it, like so many people. But I didn't really care about schooling. Um, never revised for anything ever in my life. Just to, to show up and came away with a few GCSEs and, and that's about it, really. Um, I've actually got a fucking... I got an honorary doctorate from Queen's University. Um... And I've got uh, literally about three GCSE. So I laughed at my, I laugh at my missus about that because she's very smart. She done. Uh, she got a two one in criminal uh, criminal justice. Very very clever. Just a couple of marks off a of first. Um, and I've done fuck all and, and have a, an honorary doctorate. So yeah. walking about with your your your. Yeah, what was it? You yeah, get the wee, wee fucking the wee like, folder, yeah. the hat and all, yeah. and all that, and the big robe. And uh -huh. I actually wore the robe to uh, I fought in Vegas, sir, two fights ago, and I walked out in the robe, got it logoed up. I asked Queen's University could I have the robe, uh -huh. and they gave me it, and I got it logoed up and um, with a sponsor and stuff on it, and wore it out to the ring mm -hmm. in my fight against a kid called Taylor McCreary in Vegas. When was your first ever fight? When I, when I was seven, uh, I fought, straight away. Yeah, so I was I was good. Like I was I was dead game and I was dead competitive. Um, always wanted to win. Whatever I done, football, boxing, fucking rugby. Believe it or not, in school I played as well. Um, and always wanted to win at anything I, I, I tried. But I was seven. I fought in a place, a hotel in Port Stewart, which is up the north coast near Port Rush, and mm -hmm. lovely scenery. And um, I don't remember too much about the fight. And up until you're 11 years old, all the fights are called no decision fights. So they, they don't want kids crying because they lost a the fight. Even if you get battered, it's still called a draw at the end. But I, you kind of know when you win. And I, and I won that fight and I just had the buzz for it. It's like, I used to fight in social clubs and stuff a lot. And my uncles used to all go to watch me and um, you'd always get a few quid. So... You'd walk around and you'd win a fight and your uncles would be firing your fivers mm -hmm. and you'd come away with maybe 30 quid. And as a seven or eight-year-old, you feel like a fucking yeah. millionaire. So mm -hmm. Was your dad a boxer? Because I've seen one of your documentaries. I don't know if he was in the gym or you trained at that gym. Yeah. My, da my dad helps out in my old amateur club, mm -hmm. now, Midland. Um, but he wasn't a boxer. My dad done a stint in the army when he was a young man. And then I was all, way before I was born. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't a boxer. Um, he just got involved because of me really um, and that was it but my granda was a big wasn't a boxer either but a massive boxing fan he used to tell me stories about there used to be professional fights in the Ulster Hall in Belfast on a Wednesday and a Saturday night so pro fights twice a week um, and he says he used to go to every one of them That's a, I remember he telling me a story it's the first time he ever seen a black man was at a pro boxing show and and you wouldn't see many black men in belfast in the m days and he's seen his first black man as an opponent coming in as a fighter so it's mad yeah yeah mental is it um rages up between 14 15 and 16 must have been a tough time especially if you're trying to knuckle down to become a pro yeah. but you've still got all the troubles kind of 
was stopping at that age. Yeah. How was it? How hard was it to not go down the, the bad route and stay and try and stay well, on the good was, path? I, I'd say it was probably I don't know because of boxing. I, I I was always fearful, like I said before, of of Billy McKee finding out anything I'd done. But I still I got involved in a few rats. Um, not because I was a bad person, just because it was exciting and it was happening at the bottom of my street. So I've probably done a few things that I shouldn't have done. I wasn't a bad kid or anything like that, but boxing definitely kept me away from that. Um, I, I owe boxing a lot. Like, I, you know, I'm happy now. I've got a fucking nice big house. I've got a lovely family, comfortable life. Um, and that's all That's all down, down to me being a boxer, really. The boxing saved your life. No, I'm not going to say that. I don't think it's one of them ones where it saved my life or anything. I, I always, I had a good family. You know, my mom and dad are good people um, with good morals. Like, they would have always tried to steer me and push me yeah. away from all that stuff You'd anyway. You would have done something positive anyway. If yeah, it wasn't I, think, I think so, probably. I, I thought about, when I hit about 17, I was genuinely thinking about joining the army. I was very close to do that, doing that. Um, but I just stuck a boxing out and... and uh, and that's it, really. A lot of things have kind of fell into place for me, and I think mm. you need a wee bit of luck along the way. Of course, and, but and hard I've, work as well. Hard yeah, work, well, and your, your luck will eventually pop up. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. Like, it's been hard getting mm. here, and, and I've put in a lot of effort, but a lot of things have just seemed to have happened and fell in at the right time for me. Yeah. Too. When did you turn pro? I turned pro when I was in 2009. Um, 20, uh, two, 22 it was. So that was, do you remember your first pro fight? Yeah, it was in um, the Olympia in Liverpool on a matchroom show. Eddie Hearn, actually, it wasn't an Eddie Hearn show. Fuck me, this is how long I've been boxing for. Barry Hearn, his dad, was the promoter of the show. <laughs> um, so I was first fight on in a four-rounder against some Hungarian who was shit. Um, no one there fucking maybe my ma, da, a few of my mates um, in the Liver, Liverpool Olympia which is a fucking shithole like um, I remember thinking I'd never had pro gloves on my hands before going into this fight and pro like pro gloves are so different than the amateur gloves the amateur gloves are well padded and soft and I remember putting the pro gloves on and like just going holy fuck what what are these these are mental like if you get hit in the head with mm -hmm. this it's going to hurt and I, remember I got hit in the arm and maybe a couple of glancing shots in the head and it just kind of opened your eyes a bit. Like this pro game is, is pretty deep. It's a different level from amateur to pro. Just different. It's a different sport, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a, it's a fucking, it's a hard man sport, like mm -hmm. pro boxing um, compared to amateur mm -hmm. boxing. As a loyalist, but you only fought for Northern, Northern Ireland, but never fought for Britain? No, I didn't. I fought for Ireland. So uh -huh. I, I, like the rugby is, it's uh -huh. an all-Ireland sport. Um so I, I boxed for Ireland. I probably could have f tried to fight for Britain, GB, but... Did I, it make a difference anyway? But, not, well, uh, so this is the story. Like, I think being an all-Ireland sport, whether you're a Protestant or a Catholic, Loyalist or Republican, if you're from Northern Ireland or the North of Ireland, as some people call it, if you're from that part, you're already going down the South. You're already a couple of points behind. Like, everybody from Northern Ireland... We'll talk to you about like getting their eye wiped going down south and fighting in the all-ireland championships that's just the way it is patty barnes will tell you mick conlon will tell you um so me being from northern ireland and being a prod it was always hard for me to win fights down there but it's just the way it was it was not people against you scored cards well, like they say they say they're not but i'd say they probably were <laughs> um but i probably i never even thought about trying to represent great britain so it would have been the exact same scenario, me being, they'd have just seen me as the fucking Northern Irish guy, who's he think he is, coming over here to try to win our championships. Mm -hmm. That's what would have happened. I said it would probably been actually worse, me trying to do that than represent Great Britain at any major tournaments. What about the Olympics and stuff? I never went to the Olympics. I, I was, there was talk of me boxing in the qualifiers for Beijing in 2008. Um, that's one of the reasons why I turned pro as well. So, the Irish champion at the time was a guy called David Oliver Joyce. Um, and me and him were kind of on the high performance team, but he was the number one and I was the number two. But I was starting to outperform him in the lead up to the Olympic qualifiers. 
and getting better results in all the multi-nation events. So they suggested a box-off, me and him to box-off to see who goes to the qualifiers. His coach was the fucking president of the Irish Boxing Association. So the box-off never never happened. Um, Davey, me and Davey are mates now, by the way, but Davey went to four qualifiers, never qualified for Beijing. And it was kind of like, so, so after that, I boxed him in the All-Irelands and dropped him, fucking give him a stand count and stuff in the last round as well, but dropped him the round before, like beat him up convincingly. And it was always like me sticking my finger up to the IEBA, the Irish Boxing Association, just saying like, fuck you, you should have given me a chance at the Olympics. I'm not going to wait around here for London. I'm just going to go pro. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I've done. How hard is it when you turn pro? How is it difficult? Because I've had a few boxers on that some of them have worked second jobs. Some of them have tried to keep their head above water and thought about quitting so much yeah, because there's no funds, there's no backing. It's a, it's a hard game, yeah, it really is. And I... Um, I owe my family a lot like my mum and dad like helped fund me you're not earning much at the very start my wife literally lived off her student loan as well at the very start um so i owe her a hell of a lot too but yeah it's it's, it's hard people think professional boxers like you start like a professional footballer they're earning they're earning dough mm-hmm. professional any dickhead could be a professional boxer if you can hold your hands up like doesn't mean you're good to be a prof- honestly it doesn't mean you're uh, good like there's white collar guys uh, can turn pro mm-hmm. um but being being a good professional boxer is a bit different than just being a professional boxer yeah. and it, it takes a while before you start earning mm-hmm. you're very dedicated to your craft though your work ethic i've seen your training videos and mm. you seem to go in camp a bit longer than other people why is that i do i've i've always done it so i was with the mcwiggins before um and that was something that they always, you know, for 12 round fights, 12 week camps is something that they thought was good. Barry McGuigan always trained long and he always had big camps and he was always like trained like notoriously hard. He's well known for his work ethic um, back when he was fighting. So it was something I, I always done, even with them. I continue to do it now when I'm with Jamie Moore, even though Jamie's telling me I don't need, I don't need 12 weeks, eight weeks is enough as long as you're ticking over at home but because i've always done it mm-hmm. i always i always do 12 it's weeks for you though it's worked for me and i just keep doing it but I, mean? I think the intensity's changed like mm-hmm. with the mcwiggins previously it was fucking every session like like balls to the wall like always fucked what always. is a normal session like for you in camp well it depends it depends what stage of the camp you're at like as the fight gets a bit closer the the intensity increases but today like i'm getting right i'm sparring tomorrow so i had a really easy day today just getting in preparation for the sparring but when i was with the mcguigans i, I don't ever remember having an easy day <laughs> so it was balls deep today yeah. spar tomorrow yeah. and then your second session tomorrow mm-hmm. after the spar would be another killer as you go older do you train harder or do you t- because you are getting older or do you take the foot off the gas a bit and rest more no i train smarter and and i don't i train I listen to my body more now and you, you look at guys like Bernard Hopkins prime example done very little sparring as he got older like he won a fucking world title when he was 40 odd and he's 40s, 50 yeah. Fuck, 50 yeah, he won a world title yeah. didn't he um, but he, he reduced the rounds of sparring because it's just he knows how to fight it's just it's just mm-hmm. wear and tear on the body Joe Calzaghe didn't spar very much either these are, these are great yeah, I heard that I mean. because his hands are something his hands were fucked mm-hmm. yeah but like, he knows how to fight yeah. So he doesn't need to spar. He can, he just you just I'd imagine Mayweather doesn't spar that much either because he doesn't get hit. He no, I don't, I don't think. I think he I think he done more than them, but mm-hmm. I don't think I, he probably reduced it. He used to do mad stuff like he was super fit. Like he used to do like not half rounds, like one thirty minute fucking spar. Mm-hmm. Um but he had this persona as if he was a party boy and, and he used to go to the parties and the yeah. clubs but he didn't drink didn't touch mm-hmm. drugs trained like fuck mm-hmm. like he'd come back from a fucking nightclub and go for Start a run, run. See, I, I think that's all mind fucking everybody because yeah. I think two days before a fight used to hold a burger and stuff and pretending it was eating that or mm-hmm. eating that but it was there was some method behind it even when he, he was doing his training for like Sky Sports he used yeah. to fuck about on the pads Yeah, but I'd imagine once the cameras were off it, would, it was ruthless he, he, he gets a bit of grief about People think that he's daft, but he's got to be one of the smartest boxers in the world. Like, he's yeah. fucking stinking rich. He's played the game. He's played everybody, every opponent he's ever had. He's just messed Why do you think he is hated, though? 
Um, because of the money because stuff, isn't it? it in people's faces. Yeah, kind of and he throws the money about. No, yeah. he's calmed down. He's 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 tamed it a bit in his mm-hmm. old age, but um, he's he is the fighter of of my generation, like yeah. Floyd Mayweather, one of the best of all time. Who did? What about Steve Collins and stuff? Another Irish great two-weight world champion. Yeah. Did, how does the support you get when you start winning world title fights? How does everybody come together in well, Ireland? St- Steve's always been someone who's supported me and I've seen him in a few events and he always wishes me well and he's a nice guy. His um, his brother, Roddy Collins, actually played for the football team I support. So Crusaders, semi-pro team, you've probably never heard of him. Never. They're um, like the top earners, 500 quid a week and this, but it's it's fucking still real football. They're allowed to tackle mm-hmm. in, the, in the Irish League still. <laughs> yeah. But Roddy Collins came, and this was during the Troubles, so he came from Dublin and played for Crusaders, like a, a prod team. Um, and they're just, they're good people. They've, they've always was that backed a Catholic me, like, going to play for a prod team? I was a team? Catholic going Did to play for a prod team. slaughtered? No, I, well, he, from opposing fans, he might have got a bit of grief, but he was he was well-respected and still is mm-hmm. um, in Crusaders. Yeah. When you won your European title fight, mm-hmm. how was that feeling? That was big for me because it was a it was a hard, hard fight. A big Kiko Martinez. I think it was my. I was talking about this recently. It was my 16th fight. Because you were 16 and 0 at that point, huh? Yeah, but I was. I was meant to fight. I was meant to fight Kiko originally for the European title in my 11th fight, but he had to pull out. He had family issues, and um, I think his dad had his his leg amputated, which obviously your fucking man's not right. Yeah. So he pulled out, and he was right to do that, but. Me fighting Kiko, I'd, in my 11th fight, I may have been a wee bit too great. And that's where I'm talking about these things that kind of fall into place. Like he, him pulling out might have been a touch lucky for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it would have been a fucking hard and difficult mm-hmm. fight for me in my, only my 11th fight. Because I fought him five fights later in my 16th and it was hard. And I was a more experienced guy. I had a few longer fights and more rounds under my belt. So like I, f- I was, remember everybody saying, he'll slow down after four rounds like just be ready for a, an onslaught for four rounds and he'll slow down I remember coming out for the eighth going when the fuck's he slowing down he hasn't slowed down yet like yeah. I was pissing blood after the fight I knocked him out in the ninth round and I just I was laying on the ropes when he was down I was just wishing like fuck don't get up don't get up <laughs> and he wasn't able to get up so. yeah how, how many times do you piss blood after a fight is that frequently um, I hear boxers no, speak about that all the time. No, I, I, that's that's the only time that's happened to me. Um, but y- you hear about it all the time when people are taking beatings and stuff. Um, I took I took a fucking worse beating in the Warrington fight, but I, w- I wasn't pushing blood yeah. off that one. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. When did you get the Santa Cruz fight? Was that your, in your 20, 21st, 22nd fight? World 20 23rd. I was 22 and 0 going into that fight. So because your two fight. world title fights that you've won is mm. you beat undefeated fighters. Yeah. I think you beat four or five undefeated fighters. Yeah, I've beat, I've beat a few and I've done mm-hmm. it the hard way. And that's that's why, like, this this third world... T- like, I haven't I haven't beat anyone for vacant titles. I've always mm-hmm. beat champions. Kiko yeah. Martinez, although he had a few defeats, he was a champion on a run when I beat him. Then I fought Quig to unify that division. He was undefeated at the time, a champion. Beat him. Santa Cruz, undefeated and a champion. Beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Jamel Herring to do it for a third weight world title he's not undefeated but he's a fucking champion and yeah. a good fighter because I seen he's a because I seen I don't know what fight it was I don't know if you were in Vegas and he was standing next to you yeah. Herring oh he's Jan what is it 5'10 5'11 with Jan compared to me like. but again then you look at Canelo and Smith fight it doesn't I fucking know. mean anything I, it doesn't I, it's something that excites me like mm-hmm. I, I fought bigger guys bigger than me my whole career so it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all and and i you know i i I think i can use that to my advantage like it's not easy for me to get down to nine stone four and i'm five foot five he's got to be killing himself to make nine stone four he says he's not but he's i I just think he's so you'd be faster then you must be faster he's got all i think all he's got on me is reach is reach and his physicality and his size he's just a big specimen Mm -hmm. i feel like my feet are better I punch faster, I punch harder, um, my distance controls better. I feel like I'm the better fighter, but his size is going to be the, the big mm-hmm. obstacle. Well, you've got something then to truly really go for. Like you've no, won a world title, two world titles. This is this puts you 
the all-time greatest, basically, yeah. if you won three in three different divisions. I've got, I've got the bit between my teeth. I genu- I've never been up for a fight as much as this in my life mm-hmm. because I talk about legacy and stuff all the time, and this is this is the one that cements the legacy, three-weight world champion. This, you know, people, I don't want to be a flash in the pan, and I want people to be talking about me in the pubs in 30 years' time still, and the boys saying, I was at Frampton's fight when he fucking beat Santa Cruz mm-hmm. or Jamel Hurrain or Quig. That's... I don't know if that's me being a wee bit fucking vain or what, but you've that's, got to that's be man to be the elite to be to win three weight world titles. You've got to be to even win one. Never yeah. mind two or three is is a totally different ball game. Mm. So no doubt you have all the backing because you loved in Belfast. Are you, are you loved all over Ireland because yeah. of the success you've brought. I'm w- I'm well supported, and that that's something that one of the biggest things that that brings me most pride, like the fan base and. Um, there hasn't been there really hasn't been a fighter since McGuigan mm-hmm. that had the fan base from back home that I have like I um, brought you know the, when I fought Kegel from a first world title they, they built a fucking stadium for me like a purpose built stadium temporary stadium in Belfast I filled Windsor Park for a fight as well I brought 5,000 people to Vegas mm-hmm. in January, so just after Christmas, when people are skint, like there's Ricky Hatton was an extreme. He brought twenty five thousand yeah. to Vegas when mm-hmm. he fought Mayweather, but I brought five thousand. I don't think the only two fighters at this point in time who could bring from the UK who bring five thousand fans to Vegas is AJ and Fury, Fury. and I've done that. Like mm-hmm. so, that's that's something I'm very very proud yeah, of. You should be, but the Irish support, you know, any any Irish personality that's quite high up in any sport they back you to the hill they, I know. the Irish always have and always will it's like when you see Conor McGregor and shit fighting as well the, the people that they take with them is love them is unbelievable yeah, why a, is that is it just because it's fighting no they're just, no, they're just very passionate it's a, bit, it's a bit like I think we're very similar to the Scottish like yeah. we're similar personalities mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I think they're just passionate and they get they get behind you as long as you're not a, a dickhead and yeah. well and I was going to say arrogant or above yourself and said, fucking McGregor is, but he's just a, he's a, an enigma, superstar, like he's a superstar. Yeah. But for the most people, being from Belfast, they'll support you if you're doing well and winning. And even if you're not winning, but you're doing well, as long as you don't get above your station, like we, we don't like, we don't like fucking show offs in Belfast. Yeah, like Mayweather style fucking he, he money wouldn't, on. He wouldn't yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. sell a ticket. <laughs> if he's from Belfast, no one like yeah. him. I mean, he's the best in the world. Yeah. Like, but when you got your world title shot, then how was that feeling against Santa Cruz? Um, that was unreal. That was I just beat Quig, um, the unify the super bantamweight division. So I went into the fight. Did you beat Quig first for the world title? Yeah, I beat Quig. Or was he first? I thought Santa Cruz was no, first. No, Quig was before Santa Cruz. Because he said that was the Battle of Britain? Yeah. You went right. to, was it Manchester? Manchester, mm-hmm. fought him. He's, I watched the face-off. It was, you his, ah, it, was it was, like the build-up to the Quig fight was He's genuinely look, looked as if he didn't fucking nah, like each other. There was a wee bit of, bit of needle. But um, again, you know, we, when you fight someone, I think you get mm-hmm. gain a respect for them after mm-hmm. it. But Because both of you were undefeated. Undefeated, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd always fancied the Quig fight. He was British champion when I was kind of coming up and I always wanted to fight him for the British title. Um, but he never would. And I fought a guy called Alejandro Gonzalez in Texas um, who I was meant to blow away. Everyone, everyone thought it was going to be easy. But this kid dropped me twice in the first round. Um, and that's the only reason why Quig wanted to fight me. Like, he never wanted anything to do with me. And then he seen this kid put me down. He thought... I'll fucking destroy Frampton now. So that was kind of a blessing, like again, falling into place, blessing mm-hmm. in disguise for me. Same reason for why Santa Cruz wanted to fight me because he never showed any interest before. And because of the fight, me getting dropped, he wanted to fight me. So I beat Quig and Santa Cruz, I think because, off the back yeah. of me getting dropped. Because you and the Quig fight was, a, was like five years in the making. Yeah, it, it, it should have happened a long time before, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad it, it, yeah. it took so long because it was for world titles. Mm-hmm. And Because you came out with traps flying. First six rounds, seven rounds. It was it was an easy fight. It was the strangest tactics in the world from them. It was like I was I was dead at the weight, like eight stone ten I was I was making then and I was fucked doing the weight. And he I don't know, I, I'd won the first six rounds by doing fuck all. Like I was it was easy. Like I remember going back to the corner and sitting down and speaking to Shane McGuigan. 
And he's saying, look, you're fucking winning the rounds. You don't have to, like, overdo it. Just conserve your energy. If this is easy, just let it be easy. Strange tactics from Emmons. He didn't start the second half of the fight, and then it was already too far gone. But that was that was one of my easiest fights I've ever had, I but, think. But again, it was a split decision. How were you feeling when he I, got I, one of his scorecards? That, so that was, I remember... But you must have been shitting yourself because going, it was in his back garden. Fuck? I know, what's going on here? Couldn't couldn't believe it. One of them give it to him, 115, 113, so two rounds. There's no way he could score a fight this got quick. Mm-hmm. No doubt in my fucking mind. Like, I, I don't understand how that's happened. And people talk about backhanders in this game and all. I don't, I don't know, but it was a strange one. <laughs> Um, and then the other two saw correctly and give mm-hmm. it to me. Is that a lot of that happened though? Scorecards getting fixed for well, big I don't, fights. I don't know if they're like fixed. You know, we you go back to like the fifties and the sixties, and mm-hmm. fights were fixed. Like the mob in America were involved in fights and, and match fixing and telling people to take a dive. The famous one, Ali and Sonny Liston, that was meant to be mob involvement. And mm-hmm. but there's just. I don't know if it's still going on. Nah. Yeah, I look at the t- Tyson Fury and Wilder fight. Yeah. Tyson Fury fucked him up. Of course he did. And it, and then how that became a he draw. I, there's too much money involved, you think? Well, there, there's so much money involved, isn't there? And, and whether that's there's dodgy stuff going on behind the background, I don't know. Or a lot of time it can just be incompetent fucking judging. How do you well. think the rules should change? Do you think you should have more judges or do you think there should be different I don't know. things put in place? I, I really don't know. I think, But I think when someone gives a scorecard that's so, so wrong, I think then you should either be given a warning if you do it again, yeah. you're never allowed to mm-hmm. be involved in boxing, never mind mm-hmm. a big fight, just fucking boxing, yeah. like get rid of them because it could ruin someone's career mm-hmm. right down at the bottom. Because as well, would it not be good to get like the scorecards each round so yeah. if you know if you're a winning or you're ahead so you know you can put more in yeah because boxers have used took to, their foot off the gas for the last two rounds and have been beat they used to do it in the amateurs um give you scorecards in between the rounds and you kind of knew and then they stopped doing that as well so because olympics used to get points for hitting yeah yeah, and yeah. Then you've got a rough idea oh, it's, it's, and that's changed again that's mm-hmm. kind of more towards a professional but that's yeah. it's uh i don't know there's there's arguments for all different reasons mm-hmm. to change things and change the scoring, but it's something that needs looked at because I think I think that scoring has been it's been got pretty bad and and Britain is turning to be fucking Britain's like <laughs> some yeah. of the scorecards in Britain <laughs> yeah. is bad like it I used to be last year was terrible it used to be Germany yeah. like a fighter would never go to Germany because mm-hmm. they know you're going to get robbed but if I was a foreign fighter. I'd be thinking, I don't want to go to fucking the UK. Like, there's yeah. no chance of me winning. Mm-hmm. So, how was the relationship with Quig after that fight? You seem to have got on no too yeah, bad. Yeah, he's all, he's all right. Quig's a strange one because I I don't mind him. He's a he's he's a bit dim. Like, uh, he's fucking he's a bit daft. But it's like anytime I see him, we'd always say hello. But I was in Boston. My mate was fighting Tommy Coyle in Boston, and I was over watching him. I walked in the hotel and Quig was already there because he was, was he on the bill or was he overwatching? Anyway, he was there. And he's, every time I see him for the first time, he kind of growls at you a bit, like and snarls and looks at you and tries to stir you out until you say, well, Scott, how you doing? And then he'd shake your hand. But it's like... Awkward. It's just fucking weird. There's no need for it. Everyone else is nice. You know, we had a yeah. fight. It was a few years ago. Uh-huh. Now, like, just forget about Still it. Still holding a grudge, you think? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's strange. Well, so after the Santa Cruz fight, you won the world title? Yeah. Second weight. Yeah. World title. How was that feeling? That, that was massive. That was... Uh, was that a lot was of pressure huge. on you? No, there wasn't because he was a big favourite going into the fight. So there wasn't loads of pressure, if I'm being honest. Um, i just unified the division before going to New York... I think there was 35 American journalists asked who's going to win the fight and 34 picked Santa Cruz. So they all thought he was going to win the fight. Did you hear this before the, I, the fight? I kind of knew about How that. Does that, does that. That's all right. It just, fuel you? Yeah, there's just no no pressure. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's better to be in that situation as the mm-hmm. underdog. Why do you think you were so much an underdog, especially getting in 22-0? Because of the... Well, Santa Cruz was one of the biggest names in boxing at that stage. He was probably top 10 pound for pound in the world. Two fights before it, I'd just been dropped by that Alejandro Gonzalez kid. Um, that's that's the reasons, really. I was in America as well. I was the foreign fighter. Um, yeah, that's that's probably why. So it, it kind of was a weight off my shoulders. Always fighting at home, always being the favourite. You just There's more pressure in them mm-hmm. situations, I think. How was it in the rematch, your first defeat? 
it was hot. It was bad. It was hard to take. Santa Cruz was good that fight. Yeah, he was I? very good, and he and he he outthought me, and it's something that still annoys me because we never changed tactics in the fight, and and even the instructions I got in the corner, I don't think were great. And I'm not, I, you know, I I'll hold responsibility and say that I was the fighter, I lost the fight, and I did, but. You know, we just need to work together better as a team. The instructions weren't great. I think Shane McGuigan actually maybe says that he wasn't on it as he had been previously. And we thought that Leo was just going to... Like, he applies a lot of pressure, throws a lot of punches. So we thought that he's just going to do more of the same this time. We just kept things longer and he was much better and, mm-hmm. and outfought me in the second phase. Not a good fight, but... He uh he won it. Can you get into a fight too confident? Yeah, absolutely. I, I went into the fight um against Josh Warrington with knowing it's gonna be a a hard fight. Like a, I knew he was fit and he was tough and I knew like it's gonna be a long, long fight, like a twelve round hard fight, I'm gonna be tired after this. But I never expected him to be able to hurt me. Yeah. Like nothing in his record suggests that he's a puncher. He's, he hurt me more than I've ever been hurt in a fight yeah, before he came out the traps flying he rocked you the he first came. round I've had Josh on to be fair I love Josh to bits man he's, he seems to be he's a good tough guy. as nails man and his backstory as well from working still working even when he turned yeah. pro and to kick on and I think he's one of the most underrated I don't know why he's not he's, as big as what he is massively underrated massively underrated and he's one of the most exciting styles in, yeah. in Britain but and me and him have a great respect for each other um, he's fighting this Kanzu, I think yeah. Chinese fella who throws mm-hmm. as many punches as him I can't wait to see that fight mm-hmm. it's going to be a cracker but I fancy Josh to win it and um, he just I just it's something that annoys me that I went into that fight thinking he can't hurt me mm-hmm. Fuck, he hurt me inside a fucking minute yeah he like, came out flying flying yeah, yeah. He, like he he's hurt me a number of times in that fight it's just so how why is he not getting the, he's loved in Leeds and I think his, his career will grow as well as yeah. I think his majority of his fights he's been underrated do you ever feel when you were fighting Santa Cruz and you had the 33 to 35 with the reporter saying do you think that's where the mentality of I'll fucking show those people who... and maybe it is but I don't but I don't know like Josh beat Lee Selby brilliant win he mm-hmm. beat me brilliant win Um, he's now getting ready to unify the title and I hope he goes on and, and does it maybe that's when people will give him the respect he deserves because he does deserve it Yeah, he's done it like he's done it I'd say when he turned pro and I don't know what he really wanted to do when he started pro did he ever believe he was going to be a world champion I'm not sure because he wasn't from a great amateur background or anything he'd done it like he won area titles English titles like he went right up through the fucking ranks yeah. and he's beat me, Lee Selby, a few other top names, and, and he's about to unify the division. Did you ever get a rematch with Josh? I'd, I'd love it, you know, at, you? at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, I like being involved. Like, I always wanted to be involved in a fight like the Warrington fight, like a, a fucking war, like Morales Barrera. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd have liked to have won it as well, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's uh, there's something, you get a fucking real feeling. I don't know, you just feel, you feel like a hard fucker for even, even. The fact that he didn't drop me, like he was close to dropping me a few mm-hmm. times, and the fact that I was able to stay up, I that get a shows week, you your character. Well, I get a bit of satisfaction mm-hmm. out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always say it, but boxers are a bit fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's How not. is it for like, your wife to watch? How she after the Warrington fight, she's promised that she'll never go back to watch me fight in the game. Did they get scared? I, I watched her sitting ringside, and the first time I watched the Warrington fight back, um, I watched. I could see she was sitting in the front row. I watched her more than I watched the fight. Mm-hmm. She, she was fucking, you know, her head turning and her covering her eyes, and she just said, "I, I can't, I can't put myself through that again." And I completely understand that. Even if she did want to go, she's the type of person like she's very stubborn. If she did want to go to any fights, any future fights, because she's already said she's not going, she'll. I know she'll not yeah. go. Has she ever told you, right? Enough's enough. She'd love me to retire after a big Kiko Martinez for mm-hmm. the fucking world title in 2000 and... Was that 14? Um, <laughs> yeah, she just, she just... Just looking after you, basically. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's, she's a, a good girl. Like, she really... Yeah. I should listen to her a bit more. Not about retiring, but in other things. Like, <laughs> in other things, uh, she's always got my best interest at heart. Yeah. Like, I, I see fucking people. I think everyone's my best mate. If someone shows me a bit of interest, I think, this guy's all right. But there are a lot of people are looking... 
they're in it for different Everybody's agendas. Got an really. agenda, Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's looking something, yeah. but. And it's that when the shit does hit the fan, it's yeah. always your missus or your family that said to so. say, told you so. Like my my man and dad would never get involved in anything like that for mm-hmm. me. My dad, like I, my dad's my best mate, but he just stares out of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Christine is one of the most honest people I know and she'd always keep me right. But she or somewhere like I trust everybody. She doesn't fucking trust anybody. <laughs> so I think if somewhere uh, in the middle, probably yeah, the right that was a teamwork then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So if you it must be difficult because if you've put twenty years over 20 years into your craft and you start hitting world title fights obviously then money comes in more so you want to secure not just your own future but your kids yeah. their kids it's difficult because now you know that every big fight you're getting is going to be a big puss for you yeah and that, look you want to obviously boxing boxing people talk about the belts and, and everything else legacy is very very important to me but obviously having a secure life for, for my kids and hopefully earning enough money that my kids are comfortable when I'm gone and dead and buried and potentially even their kids have a few quid out the back of mm-hmm. it you know what I mean if, mm-hmm. if they invest money correctly and do the right thing so I'm uh, I, I came from a family who had nothing um, and I'm in a different position now where, where I have some money and hopefully we'll be able to use it wisely and my kids will, will benefit from that too they must be proud of you your dad must be buzzing. My, my dad's How like... How does he show much He love? does never, never. <laughs> he's like old Just that old school Belfast. tough man. Like I imagine the same yeah. as fucking Glasgow yeah. parents. Like they don't... Mm-hmm. Like I've never... I don't think I've ever uh, hugged my dad ever. I don't remember. I'm sure he did hug me when I was a baby, mm-hmm. but I don't remember him ever hugging me. I actually remember my ma when I went to fight Kiko for my first world title. I was just about to get to the ring and she fucking walked out in front of me and like with her arms wide about to give me a hug and I'm like why the f- you've never hugged me I don't ever remember you hugged me why the fuck are you doing it now on TV mm-hmm. I'm about to go on f- the biggest mm-hmm. fight of my life I remember thinking see if I lose this fight she's getting blamed for hugging mm-hmm. me jinx hi but, but it, um, uh-huh. it worked out it worked out in the end where does the nickname the jackal come from um my mate called me it Carlos was my nickname why? being called Carl so Carlos oh fuck Roberto Carlos was yeah, fucking yeah. in his pump at the time um, I'm not comparing myself to Roberto well, Carlos you play left back but it was alright I used to play defender mm-hmm. centre midfielder left or right back and there was uh, I was alright at the football and I used to get stuck in but I wasn't like Roberto Carlos it was alright like but mm-hmm. so I could call Carlos anyway and then Carlos the Jackal is a fucking infamous Colombian terrorist I think um my mate called me Carlos a Jackal and then he used to just call, he was the only one in school a guy called Marky Adamson he used to call me Jackal um, no one else did and then when I had to think of a nickname boxing nickname McGuigan actually asked me what what nickname do you want and I suggested Jackal and he thought it was good and, and that was it just stuck mm-hmm. how is the relationship with the McGuigans now? oh it's dead is it fucked now? no there's, there's no relationship mm-hmm. I'm just out of a court case with him um, which was settled um it was just so it was settled so no one can say they won or anything mm-hmm. but what I can say is I'm very fucking happy with the settlement yeah. I can say that so um, but there's no relationship I fucking despise them all of them hate them and um, just just the way it is it's sad that that, it always, is sad. that always happens though it with boxers happen and trainers and but when it comes to money and fucking this, people just why is that again, I, look I like to think of myself as a nice guy and I mm-hmm. trust everybody and like I love these guys like I had Shane and Jake McGuigan as groomsmen at my wedding I was a groomsman at Shane's wedding but so like brothers basically yeah yeah pretty much um, but I have a deep hatred for them now and all of them and I wouldn't fucking piss on them if they were on fire I genuinely mean I'd hate them how was that then to start a new camp with different trainers um, does that give you a new lease of life though or it, is it hard to get different it, tactics I think it did but I think um, so Jim, when, I, when I left the McGuigans and I had no one for maybe two months and I was thinking about what trainer I was going to use my dad actually suggested Jimmy Moore like I hadn't even thought about Jimmy Moore because at the time he was only training Tommy Coyle who hmm. was his one fighter um, I had thought of I had, Adam Booth was in my head as one of them he's um, a great trainer great trainer um, who else? Pete Taylor, who's Katie Taylor's dad, yeah. and 
Ishmael Salas, who trained David Hay and stuff for a while. They were the three guys that was in my head. My dad suggested Jimmy Moore, and I went, that's a fucking good shout. I was in, I was in Vegas for Mayweather and McGregor, and I phoned Jimmy and said, look, you'd be interested in training me. And I went there thinking, I'll do a week with him. I'll do a week with Booth, do a week with yeah. Taylor and a week with Salas and see who, who fits like best. Like But I just trained with Jimmy and I just said, I'm happy here. I like, mm-hmm. I like, I like what they're talking about. I like the direction they want me to go. I like the things they're saying and they're fucking good people. And I'm genuinely delighted that I made yeah. that move. Because I, I never enjoyed boxing when I was with the McGuigans. Like I, there's interviews of me talking about retiring like I can't wait till I'm 30 because I'm going to fucking retire I hate this game was it the training that was hard just training too hard like for for the quick fight I'd done 220 rounds of sparring I used to spar welterweights and light middleweights have these gym wars and just be fucked all the time but but then would you have won those titles if you didn't well, do I know, that but I think when when you're younger you can get away with that mm-hmm. but as you get older you can't you can't do that anymore like Barry McGuigan retired when he was 28 nine, or nine, yeah. 29 um, and he talks about like he he's spoken to me about how hard he trained and he, put, himself out, and he puts it down to being burnt out mm-hmm. at a young age like 29 is a young age yeah, to retire as a fighter prime, I believe that. yeah so he he knows because he he thinks he burnt himself out but the training for me was similar to, to what mm-hmm. he was doing so it was yeah. a bit contradictory a, a wee mm-hmm. bit but um Look, what they were, Barry's a very knowledgeable boxing person. Like, he knows fucking boxing inside out. Um, Shane is a very good trainer as well, I believe. And I've, I've openly said that. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be honest and I'll say that they're, they're very good boxing people. But I just, I just don't like them. Just other politics side. Yeah, this one. Just yeah. Like but look what you're doing now. You've got another world title fight coming up. How was it fighting your hometown, Windsor? Park. Unreal. I've always wanted to do that. That's something. Well, not always, but when I started to get started, did you start thinking, right? I can sell this out here. So, when I started to do the Odyssey, and I was selling out the Odyssey, which is nine thousand, but I was selling it out in fucking a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I fought Kiko outdoor in a purpose-built stadium, sixteen thousand. That held. Sold that out quickly. Um, so I started to think. I started to think around that time. I started to do the Odyssey quickly. I started to think I could do Windsor here. I think I could against the right opponent. So I'm a big Northern Ireland football fan. So I was thinking everybody that supports Northern Ireland, the football team, will want to go to my fight just because it's Windsor Park. Mm-hmm. Plus I've got a fan base of myself that don't support Northern Ireland will want to go. So we'll sell it out, definitely. But it was a long time coming. Like, um, And after I left McGuigan, I spoke to a few different promoters Eddie Hearn and Warren were the two that was kind of thinking about who do I go with here I ended up going with Frank Warren and the question I asked both of them is can you deliver me a fight at Windsor Park both of them said yes but it was it was Warren to choose to just the goods yep. how about they two hate each other as well don't they I don't think they like each other much uh, <laughs> yeah because I've had the uh, big Tony Bell on and he hates Frank he he hates Frank so, yeah how, uh, is that, so you're not even just politics with your trainers you've got politics with your promoters and managers it's, it's is mad. it that difficult oh, it's, it's, instead it's, of just you just want to fight basically boxing's a fucking such a dirty business man mm-hmm. and people talk to me about what do I want to do after and maybe managing fighters or coaching I I, I know now for a fact I'll never manage or coach a fighter just because there's too much yeah. bullshit and yeah. politics involved um, if I I like to do a wee bit of punditry I'm starting to do a wee bit more mm-hmm. of that with Sky and BT mm-hmm. and and you've got an own, your own podcast which we'll plug yep it's obviously on a break now because you're it's training on a break. It's what's coming it called back. Um, well we don't know that. we don't have a new oh, name changed for this that, one changed yet. It, yeah. so it used to be TKO so we don't have a new name uh-huh. for the new one Inside Fighting actually we do have a name fuck yeah. me I don't even know <laughs> In, Inside Fighting is what you call it so um, me and Chris Lloyd um, I've got a wee fucking YouTube channel that has mm. fuck off what's the name of it YouTube channel yeah um I think just Carl Frampton. I don't know. Carl yeah. Frampton. We'll leave a link in the description anyway for people to tune in. It's I've got two and a half thousand subscribers, yeah. but I feel like a content deserves more subscribers. It takes time. It doesn't even mean see, do you know what? Subscribers mean fuck all. Yeah, it's it's all about content it? and yeah, just yeah. what's the content there. Now you know the names and all the the, the people to get in 
to then just build it. It takes time. Well, I'm looking forward to the podcast because the last one, um, TKO with me and Chris done, we had some great names on it. Mm-hmm. Who'd you just have on? Um, we had fucking Kurt Angle. Yeah, um, that's a wrestler. It was a brilliant one. That was my, was my favourite one. With Our first first ever one we'd done was Chris Eubank Sr. Mm-hmm. And How's Chris? I, he, I, I think he's all right, but yeah. I didn't. I spoke to him for an hour and didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> and I sat there thinking, like, is every show going to be like this? I, I can't do this. And um, we had Jamie Carragher, um, David Hay. Great guess, we've had We've had some some big names. And, and I think it's going to be a wee bit different, this next one. Obviously, it's, it's a boxing podcast, but mm-hmm. we're going to get other guys in with different ideas of who we want to get in. And uh, we'll maybe get you on as well. Oh, come day. on, man. No but problem, yeah. I think... Chris, who I do it with, is... He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Very, very knowledgeable. Especially about boxing. He does all the research. For me, it's the easiest job in the world because I'm Mm -hmm. just... I just just fucking butt in every now and again. So I don't even have to do any research. Mm -hmm. Chris does it all. Is that what you want to do? Like presenting stuff? Like Sky Sports after this? I like the punditry for... You know, I've worked with BT and and Sky a bit and I I keep getting offered more fights now than than I used to. Mm -hmm. I think they know, you know, I'm at the end of my career maybe start to do a bit more of this i've done stuff for radio five live and stuff and yeah yeah i've got a fight here this weekend actually fucking my mate is fighting the big thor you know out of game of thrones the yeah, giant yeah, yeah. stevie ward is fighting him it's like a fucking three three threes mm-hmm. youtube fucking fight but they're mega oh, like they, these youtubers now are getting slaughtered oh, but they're making millions i take my hat off to them but some of them can some of them can scrap some of them can fight a bit though definitely i find that a bit cheesy i think it, it can ruin boxing's an art it's a craft yeah. but again if it's drawn in wider audiences because the way the thing's going how are you finding it as well with no fans ah, it's grim it's I, my i was i thought i was lucky enough to fight in august so a lot of people haven't fought while COVID has been happening. So boxing shows have been cancelled everywhere. So I was lucky enough to fight and got a payday. I fought a kid from Aberdeen, actually, Darren Trainer, And I was just... That was a good fight. It wasn't a bad fight. It was, Darren's like a couple of levels below so me. but undefeated, it was, though? No, no, I think he was a few, few defeats. Was Aye, Who but, was the boy you fought not so long ago? It was undefeated, the young boy. Oh, was, black guy in America. Yeah. That's Taylor McCreary. Was Vegas? He that was, was good, Vegas. man. He wasn't bad, yeah. but I, I fucking broke both hands. Well, actually, mm. my left hand was broke going into that fight. And then I broke my right hand about the seventh round, so two broken hands in that fight. Um, do you feel that? Or oh, I, felt or it my, a, I couldn't. I couldn't throw my left hand. After that? I hardly done anything. With do my you left know hand. if somebody's broke their hand? Would you know? Um, you might have a feeling, like you might know if he stops throwing it as much. But mm-hmm. um, like I done well to win that fight so clearly with two broken hands. Um, but I fought this darn trainer fella in your call, no crowd. It's hard to get out of second gear, man. It's just oh, like, that, oh, it was just, it was like a spar. It was shit. Yeah. That must be difficult. It's a weird time, but hopefully fans and that can get hopefully, moved back hopefully in. Hopefully fans in soon. Mm-hmm. But so, I think a, I think a lot of it was to do with a level of opposition too. Mm-hmm. Not to discredit him, but my next fight will probably be with no fans, but mm-hmm. it's for a world title against a great fighter. So I think I'll be a bit more switched yeah. on. Yeah. How are you feeling now? You're, you're looking sharp. You're, no, I'm, 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 I'm about... I got weighed the other day. I was 10 stone two. The fight's at 9 4, so I'm under a stone over, which is sounds a fair bit, but it's not really for a boxer. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm where I need to be. I'm fit. My lungs are good. Uh, I'm sharp enough in sparring. So I'm just starting to ramp things up. How long has this been fight getting planned for? Because you've been speaking about uh, this for two or three years now. I've been talking about this since probably 2018 no about 19 so summer well they started to initially talk about it after the warrington defeat so early 2019 then the plan was like go to super featherweight jamel herring's the one we want to target um and that's that's it's been talked about but the fight like has actually been really talked about for about a year where Mm -hmm. we probably because of covid we would have already fought if this hadn't have happened but it is what it is. Do you ever doubt yourself when you got your second defeat? Did you think, this is it, I'm, I need to take your foot off or did well, you just want to keep going? After Warrington, I mean, I, in in my head, I was retired for for about two or three weeks. Like I was a retired fighter. I hadn't made an announcement, but I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I just thought about it and thought about it rationally. Sat down with my wife and sat down with my team and just said, like, 
that wasn't me. You know, I've had a great career. It would be shit to go out on a an ending like that, like getting beat up by Josh Warrington. Um, and I knew I knew it was better than that performance, and I knew there was still more to more to come. So I spoke to everybody and said, "Look, I believe I can still win a world title, and that's what I intend to do." And I'm fucking close enough. Like I've got myself yeah. in the position again. Mm-hmm. I'm one fight away from being mm-hmm. able to call myself a world so champion. Is that what happens though? If you get a loss, do you just like stay in the house and kind of gather your thoughts and think, "What am I going to do now?" I don't know. I was, is it I difficult? Was half, I was half depressed after yeah. that, that loss. It was it was hard to take, and you know, Christine helped me a lot, and I wasn't depressed. Like I'm not going to say I was depressed, a bit extreme, but I was very mm-hmm. down. Um. But you just had to think about it, and and I thought about it, and I just came up with a plan with my team. We'll we'll go to super featherweight, go a division up, and fucking try to become a world champion again. And it's it's close to happening. How hard to go up a division? It's I don't think it's I don't know. I I was always so I when I was my first division was super bantamweight, eight stone ten. It killed me to do that weight. Um. So the next division is nine stone. So it's only four pounds. So. It wasn't hard for me to go mm-hmm. up the nine stone. Now I've kind of grown out of featherweight as well, and now I'm a super featherweight nine stone four. So um, I don't think it's it, it's not that hard for me. I'm, What's your ultimate fight? What's a fight in your mind that you would love? Windsor Park. Um, well, well, there's talk of if I beat, well, not if I beat, I'm going to beat this fucker, yeah. Jamel Herring, but um, Shakur Stevenson, who's mm-hmm. one of the like fucking hottest prospects in boxing. They're talking about him like being just like you know similar to like Mayweather yeah, was back then like he's a very very good fighter young gun if I beat Jamel Herring him at Windsor that would be a fucking good one would you like to sign out at Windsor that's 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 probably the plan Windsor Park because I think that this fight with Jamel probably not going to be a crowd it's going to be in London I think I'd like to finish with a fight at home in mm-hmm. Belfast and do it, do it at Windsor Park. Go down weight again. Um, no, 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 weight. stay the same, stay there. And the fight would probably the, my next fight if I beat Jamel Herring, got the belt, then I'm the champion. But the next fight, the mandatory is Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge fight, yeah. a huge fight. And your training spot on just now. Nah, I'm, I'm feeling good, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be. I know kind of in my head, I do these runs at home in Belfast called the Key of Hills, so it's a mm-hmm. big hill. And depending on how well I can do it, I can I kind of know when I'm ready to fight. And I've been smashing the cave hills, so I'm close. I'm close to being fight ready. Yeah. Um, still a wee bit off. So how difficult is it to be away for your family? That's the hardest bit, mate. I I'm away now. Many kids you got now? Two wee boy and wee girl. So I know I watched a live video. I don't know if it was last week or an old one when you were doing a live with some news report and your wee man came out and oh, he did his ass wiped. He's a, my wee boy's a funny bastard. Isn't he? He's he's a character, like, but um, he's he's fucking he's hard work. And but I've left her. I feel like I've yeah. deserted him. Like I've left her at home alone, homeschooling two kids. And I'm fucking. I'm over here training. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's the hardest bit. Mm-hmm. But if you're when you've got belts and stuff in the house, man, it must make your kids jank the wee man. Would you ever get a, put them into boxing? Um, do you know what? See, or would no you try one, and keep them away? See, well, I wouldn't try to keep them away, but knowing what a shark fucking infested game it is, full of rats as well. I've met some good people, mm-hmm. and the people I'm with now at the minute are great people. Um, but there's some there's some sharks in this game. So I'm not going to be forcing him into it. I'm sure he's going to ask a question at some point and want to have a go. So I'll, I'll bring him down to the club and let him have a go. My wee girl, actually, I think she's very, very sporty. Yeah. She'll get to the age where, where she'll want to probably tackle it too and have yeah. a go at boxing. The I woman's drink. game's rising, it's, though. It's massive so now. Nice. And, and a lot of it down to Katie Taylor. Yeah. And she's a huge name and yeah. such a lovely girl. And we have a girl in our gym called Chantelle Cameron mm-hmm. who's just won a world title. And I know a big Savannah. Savannah just Marshall. Her. She's well, amazing she's, as well, man. She's a great girl. And yeah. She can fight like fuck. Mm-hmm. She, she's Silent the only assassin. One that, I think she beat Clarissa Shields. That's right, yeah. And they're all fucking... Oh, no, she's going to fight. I think she's she just beat the Scottish girl there. Aye. I think she's trying to get the one in America. So the Clarissa, Clarissa Shields... I think she beat the, her before. She beat her in the amateurs. Yeah. That's right. So the women's women's game's Fine, massive. Yeah. And I know my wee girl will want to have a go at it, but <laughs> fuck me. I couldn't, I couldn't stand this here yeah. with a black eye or busted lip. Or... <laughs> yeah, you're sitting there raging. So, through all that, mate, you've had a um, phenomenal career. 
phenomenal, especially from being Northern Ireland going through all the troubles at the time to keep, try and keep the head. What's the plans after boxing? Have you thought of that far? I don't know. Um, hopefully, I'd love to walk into a fucking punditry gig with BT or Sky or, or someone. Um, we'll get this podcast going, mm-hmm. um, me and Chris. Um, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do too much. Yeah. Like I'm fucking, I'm, I'm away all the time. Yeah. I like to sit in my arse mm-hmm. and relax for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. So, does it? How hard is it for a boxer to think? Right, I need to pull the curtain shut. Is that very difficult? I think it's hard for a lot. Um, but I don't like. I'd like to say that I'm not daft, and I know when is the right time to get out. And I know that it's not right now, but it's not too far away. So. Is that um, hard? Because you see a lot of boxers coming back in their 40s, some in them? their 50s. I watched the Mike Tyson fight. I thought he was actually brilliant. Yeah, he looked good, didn't I he? I thought he looked great. But um, that's something I hope do I Do you battle with do. that, though? Um, because you're a fighter and you, it's in I your blood. I don't know. I don't think... I, I like the... Like, I don't like training. I train because I fucking have to because it's my job. Yeah. So I'd, I think I'd like to sit on my arse and mm-hmm. chill out for a while. Do you and think just spend you could, bit, though? I think I could. Mm-hmm. If I have something to do... See if the podcast like once a week or something being away. Yeah, just that keep would, busy. That would be enough for me. But mm. um, these these fights, all the old timers coming back, and I know they're not like they're fights, they're, but they're not real professional fights. But they're making fortunes. Fair play to them. Like yeah. fucking Roy Jones and Tyson's made a fortune. Talk mm. about Tyson and Vander Holyfield now, and I don't know if I'd ever do that. Maybe tell you one fight I would come back for. Barry McGuigan fight. I'd make, <laughs> make a few quid as well. That would be mega. Yeah, would you love to... So that's basically just put to bed with all them then? And no, then. That's, that's, that's just done. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see them at, at things because we're we're in this boxing game, but I just... I, I don't Is know. there any boxers out there who you've came across and you've absolutely hated them after the fight still? There was a kid called... Um, and he's probably the only one. Chris, Chris Avalos... An American, I fought, and he was a loudmouth, and he was a he was a fucking prick. Is um, at the press conference, his family were horrible people too, just arseholes. Mm-hmm. His mother, I think it was, picked a bit of chewing gum out of her mouth and <laughs> fucking threw it at me <laughs> from the stage. Uh-huh. Um, it's just they were dickheads, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking I stopped him in the fifth round, like he had to get the oxygen mask on. He was fucked and like brought out wasn't even in the ring to when I was getting my hand raised like he was already fucking mm-hmm. stretchered out and I remember going into that fight thinking I'm going to knock this fucker out and I'm not going to shake his hand after the fight he can fuck off like you know everyone yeah. there's all animosity and then everyone hugs yeah. and stuff there's always a bit of respect mm-hmm. but I didn't turns out I didn't have to do it because he was stretchered off to the hospital. out anyway, yeah. what, what was it like fighting in Vegas? Vegas is magic I, I love it it's one of my favourite places in the world like um you know fighting in the MGM never ever imagined that was going to happen fought you know your name up in lights mm-hmm. with fucking beside David Copperfield on the MGM fucking yeah. grand it's mm-hmm. magic like I remember actually Floyd Mayweather was at the fight so he was at the fight watching me in Santa Cruz and he'd done, a, he'd done an interview um, and so I think I think the MGM it's not the biggest stadium in the world I think it holds about 12,000 yeah. and it was probably 10 there at my fight so plenty plenty of support obviously and plenty of people watching but they've done an interview with Mayweather at ringside and says you know this is amazing you know we haven't seen a, a British fighter bring as many fans over to, to Vegas since you fought Ricky Hatton and all he said was yeah but there was no empty seats when I fought Ricky Hatton and then he just walked away <laughs> and like, oh, you bastard prick yeah. but, Re oh. Hatton, but you got to give you you got to give him credit. He fought Hatton Mayweather and Pacquiao. Hatton sold that out himself. Yeah. Wasn't fucking Mayweather sold mm-hmm. that out. He's, did he? He fought in Manchester as well. Hatton did they not? Man uh, City's ground. I yeah, he, he fought. Done, he done fifty five thousand yeah. there. But he was Hatton was an enigma. Like he's fucking. Why is that? Some why is it some fans grasp to certain people? Is um, it because one of the lads' he, kind of mentality? One of the lads um, keeps that fucking trains hard, exciting fighter but has the same mindset mm-hmm. as he did when he was yeah. on the housing estate growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's why, and that's why they love him. Because you look at Joshua, he's kind of the poster boy, the body, and kind of he's never in trouble. Mm. And you've got Tyson Fury, who's hit depression, been bang on the Charlie and yeah. fucked it, and then come back fighting. But yet, 
he, he's more relatable. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody's kind of but struggling. Hatton, Hatton was, there's there's no one, I don't think there's anyone ever going to get to the level of, um, well, going to have the fan base that, that Ricky Hatton had. It was insane what he'd done. Yeah. Absolutely that insane. Was phenomenal, man. Do you think he, his career could have went further, though, if he didn't? Because his weight used to got him down that. That's is that his, bad for a boxer? Yeah, absolutely. He's a dude. You know, I would go... Half two, a stone or stone, No, about two stone over, mm. over fighting weight, which is enough. Hatton used to do four. Yeah. So, four fucking stone. Like, that's... <laughs> I don't know. Kerry Kays, who does yeah. my cuts, he's my cut man. Uh-huh. He was Ricky's nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And he says it was just a battle to lose weight, not get ra- not you weren't getting ready for a fight. You were getting ready to make weight. Mm-hmm. So he says it was a battle and obviously it's a fight. You can only do that for so long. Yeah. Like, fuck me. Four stone every every single camp you yeah. lose, it's it's gotta be bad Yeah. Body. What about this guy you're fighting then? Would you think his fighting weight will be after the weigh-in? Um I don't know. I think I think we'll be a similar weight. I, I think don't so. think he's gonna be much bigger than me. Um I th- I'll be going into the ring. So, fights at nine stone four. We'll both weigh in at nine four. I'll be going in the ring at ten stone. He'll be going in. Just over maybe ten. Maybe ten two yeah. or something like that. So What's your prediction for that? A win. I'll, I'll always predict a win, mm-hmm. but I feel like I could get rid of this guy. Um, I'm just I'm just up for this one. You like, will. really up for it. You will. I fucking do my best. Uh, yeah. Whatever it takes to have my hand raised, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm going to do. And no matter the outcome, once you win, after it, it's... This is kind of icing on the cake. So what after comes yeah, after shoot, this, it's, just, it's a bonus, absolute yeah. bonus. Yeah. Could you go up another level? Nah, not too much. I'm too small. Look, I'm a realist. I'm fucking. They're too big up. Mm-hmm. Or lightweights. Fucking Tefimo Lopez and. That and Lopez fucking, is a different animal. Oh, Who was the boy who got the body shot done to him last week, two weeks ago? Uh, Luke Campbell got Luke Campbell. dropped by mm-hmm. Garcia. Garcia and our big lump. They're they're too big yeah. for these boys and too and too young as well probably. <laughs> get, me and her ain't her. I'm 34. My next birthday. I think he's he's about the fucking same age as my dad. I think he's fucking <laughs> both, both of us are middle aged yeah. now. So through all that amazing career, brother, what's the plans for the future after it all? I know you want to do the kind of entertainment kind of things. Do you have any more kids or are you kind I'd, of settled? I'd, I don't know. I'd love an our kids, you know, but I don't know if. if do you feel as if you miss a big part of their life when yeah, you're I do, training yeah. I as much? Yeah, I miss so much of my kids' lives growing up. Um, I think my, my missus always says, like, if I had her retired when I says I was going to retire at 30, we'd have maybe had four kids. But mm-hmm. it's too hard, like, leaving her and me yeah. going to the camps all the time and leaving her with three or four kids. Mm-hmm. So I'd like an R one. I'd like, um, I'll try and twist her arm, like, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, listen, brother, Carol, for coming on today telling your story I'm buzzing for your next fight mate you will win and once you're back on again with that title um, we'll take it from there but I'm happy to come on your podcast for anybody watching I'll leave going to leave all, all the links in the description for any young boxer maybe young kid up and coming it's try to be a boxer what advice would you give for them always remember that it's a hard sport it's it's tough and to get to the top you have to make like any anything you want to succeed in you have to make sacrifices mm. but it's a fucking hard sport and if you want to make a career out of it understand now that you're going to make sacrifices and you're going to be fucked a lot of the time because it's a hard game but it's all been worth it for me yeah Carol listen all the best to your next fight brother take care you can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel the link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe you can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is follow me on Facebook at James English 11, Twitter, James English 0, Instagram, James English 2. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network.